Are you homeowner, a homeowner, African American who's looking to sell their home or looking to buy a home? And if so, are you looking to sell your home to another African American or Black American, or are you a buyer looking to buy a home exclusively from a Black American? Today we're talking about real estate and should Black Americans and other folks of color should they keep their home within the community? Joining me today on the offshoot is Troy Patterson. I'll let Troy introduce himself. He is a real estate expert, if you will, in the Washington, D.C. area. Troy, welcome to the offshoot. Uh, thank you. Well, thank you for having me today. Well, I'm very, very happy to have you. I know that you have a lot to share because we spoke a little bit before, and I wanted to kind of contain some of that information for this podcast. So let's jump right into it. But first, tell us about your firm and what you do for the buyers and sellers in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Well, I'm Troy Patterson. I'm with the Spera Group at TTR Sotheby's International Realtor, Realty rather. Um, uh, the Spera Group is a small boutique firm. Um, I've been, uh, I'm one of the principals and founder. I uh, guess I've been in this business coming up on 17 years. Started in this um, really because um, I, I found that I really enjoy helping connect families uh, and people to homes, uh, as well as helping people preserve um, a fam potentially a family legacy. And I'll, and I'll talk a lot, uh, some of the things I'll be talking about a lot is legacy, uh, because it is, um, for many families this is, um, this is, um, you know, grandmother's house or mother's house, and it was something that they worked very hard for, so it is maintaining a legacy for them. So, um, as, you, as you said, I work with buyers and sellers. Um, uh, probably uh, these days a bit more with sellers, uh, but I do actually prefer working with buyers because uh, there's something about being there when they find that right space and find that right home. So uh, there's a, a connection that you build with people that um, uh, is very gratifying. So what is going on in the DC area or nationally when it comes to uh, home ownership well, nationally, we are still in a strong seller's market. We, um, the, the story across the country is inventory. There is a strong lack of inventory. Uh, however, um, you know, with the rise in interest rates, we've actually seen some buyers who are not necessarily able to continue their search, or in many cases, um, they've been outbid, they've, been, um, they've fought so many fights that they are just tired. So we're seeing some buyers uh, fall off the market um, at the same time. Uh, so that uh, that's the nationwide story. So uh, home home ownership tent does um, has proven to be a great wealth builder. So a lot of people do want to uh, to make that happen. So for uh, for here in the DMV area, we are still uh, in a strong sellers market. Uh, however, um, I would say that um, if we look at the affordability matrix. For what people are per, um, are making in the district, they, we are still undervalued in terms of where, where homes could be priced. So uh, people are making enough money to afford uh, homes in the in their price point here, and there are still pockets in DC where you can find something good. You just have to, um, as we say, uh, drive until you find the price uh, a, a property you like and the price that you like. And are you referring to the population in general, or are you bringing it down to just like? African American community versus white community. 
Uh, so that that is um, that there is a distinction. Uh, we do um, that is the, the affordability matrix is based on the population in general. As far as the um, demographics, um, yeah, well, we we are not allowed, and it's uh, sort of somewhat um, illegal for us to actually talk in terms of um, um, racial demographics where these these are things are concerned. But DC does have a strong, um, um, well-educated and. Uh, very highly paid African-American population. By that same token, we've had families who have lived here for generations who, um, who um, are, you know, there are, there is a large low-income um, population here, and that is primarily okay. in minority communities. So what's happening with the minority communities, not just African-American community, but Latino community, Asian community, are we seeing them doing more buying or are we seeing them doing more selling? Is it taking place in D.C. or are they going out to the D.C. Well, uh, there, there's a mixture, and um, we don't have actual you know numbers in those regards uh, specifically. But I will say that we, uh, what we are um, anecdotally, we are seeing that um, there are families who are realizing that they have uh, they're maybe sitting on uh, a property that has a lot of value and might afford them to be able to buy a little further outside the city and buy something that's a bit nicer and. Um, and actually build from there. But doesn't that go to the legacy that you mentioned earlier? I mean, if you're going to create legacy uh, with a home that is, say, two generations deep, mm -hmm. uh, how do you maintain that? How, how, did, how does a family uh, have legacy when they sell a home that's been in the family for two generations and they, they go out to take Maryland where it is cheaper and they can get a bigger home and more land? Well, you know, so the you know the um, the legacy necessarily isn't necessarily in the home, but as much as the equity in the home. So uh, that equity can grow, can can continue to grow. However, what I would say is is that um, you know the if you are mindful of that, your your parents or grandparents or even great grandparents purchased a property and um, you know kept it in the family for as long as they have. Um, they have um, experienced some um, growth um, in, I'm sorry, at least some um, wealth building in that regard. And, um, and, and I, again, I have to be careful here. Uh, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but um, you know, there is, you know, there is value in potentially taking that legacy and um, being in a community that is um, that you find um, more to your liking and a house that um, maybe may be newer and um, may be uh, bigger. Uh, uh, but again, it's um, that's that's part of your equation, uh, uh, equation that you have to uh, look at. So in other words, uh, when you hear stories about people who want to keep their home black. I mean, they don't get into too many details, but they say, oh, my grandmother had this house, my mom had this house, we want to sell it, but we want to sell it to another black person. We know that's not legal, um, but you, am I, am I hearing you correctly when you're saying that you can maintain that legacy in other ways as opposed to just keeping it in the house? You can, it's like you say, it's the equity. Yes. And that equity can, can, can continue the wealth and, building for the family. And, and you know, for me, um, I've, I've been in Washington, D.C. for 30, almost 38, almost 40 years. And I've seen uh, various neighborhoods grow and I've seen or change rather. Uh, so uh, people are afraid of the gentrifying or the G word, if, uh, as we say. Um, and uh, that, um, 
you know, unfortunately, that is indicative of what's going on across uh, across many uh, communities, especially in urban communities. So um, I don't necessarily think uh, gentrification is a bad thing. Um, I do. Uh, I you know I've. <laughs> I've helped uh, I've helped um, non-minority families buy into um, quote-unquote black neighborhoods, and um, that is not an issue um, necessarily for me um, as something that is necessarily bad. What I would say is that uh, when you come in and try to change the nature of that neighborhood. Um, um, or try to make changes, uh, sort of um, as we saw in uh, D.C. around the um, Georgia, uh, uh, Georgia and you with the uh, with the with the uh, go-go plane. It was uh, something that the community was um, was had been used to and had embraced for generate uh, for decades rather, and so for you to come in and then say, yeah, well, we'll go music in the neighborhood. Yeah, so that is a very different, um, and and if that naturally goes based on the neighborhood, fine. But for someone to then come in and try to uh, mandate that change, there there's where I have uh, an issue. Well, and that's the, big, that's the big difference. I, I that's the very good argument that I don't have heard out there in terms of what's happening in cities like DC. Yes, and so it's um, yeah. So the the neighborhood, you know, the neighborhood makeup. Um, I think we are all we all benefit from uh, having some diversity in in our neighborhoods. Yeah. Um, and I think you know the for those families that can maintain um, their uh, uh, their stake in a, in a neighborhood, be it um, even if you take the equity out of that property and rent the grandma's house yeah. and find a bigger place. I think that is an option that many people uh, might choose. Um, and, you know, if you are looking, um, you know, we cannot uh, necessarily say, uh, fair housing wise, I cannot say uh, to a uh, seller who in a black community say, um, here, are the, here are the black people who have uh, put in offers. Uh, but I can, um, uh, but again, the family has to be aware of who, it, who is purchasing in terms of whether they're going to be in that property, stay in that property, or if they're flipping it. So I think the real question in terms of gentrification these, day, these days is if you're selling to a corporation or to a, um, um, or to a, a, a builder or a wholesaler or someone who wants to flip that property, um, you miss out on, many, in many cases, some of that, um, that um, equity and that legacy. Yeah. If you, um, so if the house is, you know, um, if the house is worth, you know, you're uh, you get an offer for five hundred thousand, but you know that that house is going to be selling down the line after they put in two hundred thousand, that house is then going to sell for nine hundred thousand. Figure out how you can be that builder in that instance, um, become the person who uh, who take reaps the benefit of that um, of that legacy. But let's stay on this topic of legacy. You know, I begin this podcast when we talk about like home ownership, you know, selling your home in the community but i'm more intrigued now about this this idea of legacy and that it being more than just keeping the home within the community or within the family yes. uh, and so let's start with this first question are you seeing a lot of the corporate uh, buyouts or developments of, 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 of that happening in the dc area we um so uh, one of the big things that we did see across the country was corporations going in and buying out whole wholesale areas and then flipping them and then um and then renting those properties out 
So you've lost a base of homeowners who, um, who may have a, a stronger stake in a community than a renter. At the same time, they're renting these properties out. They're uh, renting them at the highest uh, possible number that they can get because they are corporations. They are a business. Um, that actually uh, decreases the rental affordability in the, in, the, in a community. Mm-hmm. So we're not necessarily seeing it as much in D.C. as we are seeing it maybe in the suburbs, um, uh, suburbs or even further out in uh, other parts of the country. Okay. So um, here, here, again, uh, rents are continuing to, uh, to go up. And, you know, as people are considering whether or not they are going to purchase, um, the, the rise in interest rates has scared a lot of people. So uh, I would say that actually now is the time to jump in and find a property while interest rates are still historically low and take that. Um, um, so if they're going to raise your rent every year by 6 to 10 percent, why not take that out of the equa- that equation out? You know, this is what you can afford for rent. Find a house, and then that payment is um, is going to be in place for thirty years. Um, and you can maybe even down the line, if interest rates go back down, um, they may or may not, uh, likely not. But if they do, you can then refinance down to a lower rate. Once you have more equity in the home, you can uh, you have more, um, you can actually refinance to a lower rate at that point based on the equity, not necessarily um, uh, not necessarily your your FICO score, as it were. Yeah. Well, you know, here in Washington D.C., of course, we have a lot of uh, homeowners. We have a lot of like homeowners, and like I said, uh, whether it's the parent or the grandparent, uh, these homes are now, like you said, are being sold at a half a million dollars, whoever comes in, puts some work into it, and says it for $900,000. Um, so, but you mentioned earlier about uh, the family should be the developers themselves to try to create that legacy. And if they, just in case they want to go take to Maryland or Virginia to buy a bigger property uh, and then continue the legacy there. So, how would you first advise one to look into something like that? How would you first advise, say, uh, there, there, are, and I get you. So there are there are some builders out there who will partner with the family. If you, um, they they will come in, do the work. Um, you might have to, you you will likely have to move out um, of the property. They will do the work, and you are still owning. You still own the property, and at that point, you make the decision. Um, they put in the work, and you make the decision of whether or not you keep the property or you sell it. If you sell it, you pay them uh, for their work, and um, if there's a partnership agreement, if it's 50% um, or versus, um, you know, or 75%, you know, you work that out in the beginning. There are also companies now that uh, we use uh, as part of our white glove service at, um, at Sotheby's and several other brokerages have this as well. Um, we have companies that will come in, uh, they will completely redo the work, uh, redo the home. Uh, I had some a family in Brentwood, Maryland where um, we were gonna put the property, um, they paid years ago, they paid um, under 200,000 for the property. We were gonna put the property on the market for around 240, uh, this company came in, uh, put in um, sixty thousand dollars worth of work, which that is, um, it was, um, it was not a huge renovation, but they came in. Uh, we put it on the market, and we ended up selling it for three seventy-five. So where they were going to get two forty, they put sixty thousand dollars in. They got that sixty thousand dollars back plus an extra seventy-five. 
So that's, that's what I'm talking about in terms of legacy. They were able to then go across country and buy, um, uh, they moved into to, to Seattle and they bought a, uh, a much larger home uh, because they had the funds in order to make a stronger down payment. Yeah. But this is this was like knowledge that I don't think most people are aware of. I mean, I, I wasn't aware that that wasn't going to be done. Yeah. So, should people start with someone like yourself if they're really That's the path they want to go on. Because I, I asked that question because in neighborhoods like mine, uh, you know, there are only 88 single family homes. Uh, mm-hmm. All of the seniors, uh, you know, in the 80s, 90s, even in the uh, centennials, they, they passed away. Yeah. And a lot of them didn't have any kids or the siblings uh, didn't want the home. But I didn't know uh, that this was an option for most families. Yeah, and this is something, some of a new phenomenon, I think, within the last four to five years that uh, these companies have uh, come about. Um, So by that same token, they are, um, you know, they are not cheap. Uh, so, um, you know, so you want to make sure that you are, uh, that the work that they're doing in, and, and I will say that the work is also very um, cookie cutter. This is a good word. So they're, 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 they're going to, they're going to do what's on trend. So it's going to be a lot of white cabinetry, white countertops, uh, gray uh, paint, um, gray paint, gray floors, things of that nature. So it's, um, it's, there's not a whole lot of room for individualization in those situations. Okay. And so... Your firm is a, an agency that can help home sellers in this way. Certainly, and um, and part of you know part of my mission actually. Um, I grew up in a, uh, my parents married much too young uh, and had four kids, um, and you know we were quote unquote poor. Uh, they took advantage of some home buyer programs and were able to buy their first home when I was in um, junior high. Um, it was actually the home that they had been renting for uh, uh, for years, so they bought it, uh, fixed it up, then ended up selling it and building a house that we lived in for um, uh, uh, throughout my high school years. Um, then my mom decided that she wanted a, a broken down old home that she has been fixing up, and uh, and they sold the brand new home that they built. And um, my, you know, my dad just follows around. But uh, they they took the equity in that home, and they were able to put four kids through college um, wow. based on that. And so it was, you know, for them it was um, a a build a building block. Yes. And I th- and that's what I encourage people to uh, think, especially as uh, young kids who are. Um, kids, um, millennials, and Generation X, uh, Z, or is, I'm not sure. We, I'm, I'm X. <laughs> as you're considering, um, you know, you know, think of it as a building block. You know, so the first property might be a condo, might be something small, um, might not be something that you. Uh, consider a great home but it's something that you own so um you know so one of the, you know I, I, we talked about this is that um i typically see people when they are purchasing when they're especially when especially when they're purchasing their first home um i see them making a mistake of thinking it's going to be their forever home they don't think in terms of um the growth that comes from that so for me um i was um i think i was 31 when i bought my first house here in the district um, so that was uh, over 25 years ago. <laughs> so uh, the first place I bought was a, um, and this is typical. I bought a two-bedroom house. I uh, paid less than I uh, paid like 155k for it. 
Um, then um, my partner and I bought a an investment property, paid around um, three um, uh, around three fifty for that. Our next home that we bought, um, and I used the equity in my first property to buy, and we paid five hundred for that. Sold that for seven fifty. Um, wow. That, that was too much house for me, and I'm in a condo that condo now that I own outright, so I don't have any mortgage payment anymore. So, and that's typical for most people is that they buy, um, you know, they buy the first home uh, for them and the spouse, then they buy the home for, you know, the bigger, slightly bigger home uh, that might be for, um, for them and a couple of the kids, and then they buy the prop, the large, you know, this is, um, this is, uh, what do they call, uh, do they even say flossing anymore? Uh, <laughs> the house that they want everyone to see that they've made it. And then most people, after they have the big house, they downsize into something smaller. So that is more manageable as they, as they get to a certain age. Let me so, ask you a question. Uh, let me push back a little bit uh, on this. Is that possible today? Like what, what the path that you took, is that possible today um, for anyone, whether the matter that background? And second, um, there are people that I know uh, who their first home, a young couple, their first home here in DC was $800,000. Yeah, yeah, that's no joke. <laughs> that's no joke. So it is, it is about partnering. Um, and um, I think you know I had friends when I, who when they bought their first properties uh, they went in with a friend someone who was very close and typically if you are uh, looking at properties likely one of your peers is as well so I've, I've seen people who um, buy a property together and then uh, one might buy the other out um, and and stay in the property or they sell it outright and split the proceeds. You just want to make sure that over time that you are making sure that you're both e contributing equally to uh, upkeep as well as maintenance and um, I'm sorry, um, upkeep as well as making monthly payments and uh, utilities and all that, um, that there's an equal partnership in that regard. So that when you do, um, uh, when it does come to does come time to part ways in that regard. You want to make sure that um, there's no animosity in that regard. Uh, and yeah. uh, because someone paid, oh, I paid uh, to have the roof fixed and you didn't do anything for that. Yeah. But um, uh, you, we have to start because pricing is so high. Um, and historically, we have not, uh, at the African American community may not have, might, might not have the family to provide a down payment or. Um, or actually have the income um, starting out that uh, some others might, uh, some other communities might have. So we have to think in different uh, different ways to make things happen. And what about with programs like my first property so years ago was a one bedroom on Capitol Hill. Mm -hmm. That's, I sold that property at the right time and, yeah. and was going to get a house. Uh, and I bought a fixer upper half. Yeah. And I got a very, very good deal. Mm -hmm. And I put some money into it, and of course now I'm very happy with what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but then again, I don't think that what I went through, I don't think my process is even available to most people out there, regardless of their background, African American, white, Latino, Asian, what have you. So uh, I, I wonder about again, Gen Z, like you mentioned earlier, or uh, millennials. Uh, mm -hmm. Are they able to um, do what we did? Uh, I mean. There are, there are still programs out there. I encourage people to go to a, um, 
um, website called downpaymentresources.com. That actually is an a national aggregate of down payment assistance programs. And you feed your information in. It'll, it'll ask you questions about your income, where you live, um, what kind of work you do, uh, because there are still programs out there. And um, there are, again, there are um, programs similar to, um, say, the um, if you're a teacher, uh, work in medicine or, or law enforcement or uh, firefighters, there are community hero programs. Um, unfortunately, those houses don't come up very often, so you have to be very much on willing to go where those houses are. So that would be, that would be the only thing that I would uh, be uh, caution about. Um, a fixer-upper, um, sometimes you just have to be willing to put in a little sweat equity to get, what you, uh, to get the home that you want. Uh, you know, it's going in thinking you're going to get this fabulous place right off the bat um, is, you know, that that's sort of like, um, you know, those of us who, uh, you, you're going to end up house poor. Those of us yeah. who go out and buy a Mercedes for our first car um, thinking, oh, this is great, but you're, you know, you're spending all this money. Um, on <laughs> <laughs> or you know, just spending money on a car that um, you know is more for show than for actual. You know, you're going to get the same function as if you'd gone out and bought a, um, let's say, a Toyota. Yes. Well, right. uh, on that note, I hope people take that advice. Is there anything else before we end that you want to share with those looking to sell their home or buy a home? Well, um, I'm certainly here to provide advice. Uh, my team as as well. We. Um, a huge aspect for us is uh, main, um, helping people and maintaining communities. Sorry about that. Thought I turned off. Uh, uh, maintaining our communities and maintaining um, maintaining those legacies, so that your families have worked hard for. Yes. For right. Everyone, there you have it. Uh, Troy, thank you again for joining me on the offshoot. All right. For the audience, please be sure to go to YouTube and subscribe to this channel and, and like the video. Leave a comment. I love to hear from you, and I, I love to get some feedback. Uh, also, check out the website at www.theoffshoot.org, and check me out on Twitter. Uh, Troy, again, thank you, and I hope to have you back. All right, I'd love to be back. Right. Thank you, and you have a good one. You too.